<laughs> okay, so uh, this morning we're going to be talking about prayer. Um, we've got several places in the text that I want to go. We're actually going to finish up this week in the same place that we finished up last week, um, which last week we finished up in the book, book of Acts, chapter 4. Um, we were looking at the at kind of the the prayer of the the church there um, in in four twenty nine and thirty one specifically where we looked last week. We may cover the whole the whole prayer uh, today, but I want us to, to as we've been kind of studying about God's providence, God's control over His creation. Um, a couple of side thoughts come out of that one we covered last week miracles if God's in control of everything the question would be um, then what's the purpose of, of miracles um, and from that there's a, there were a couple of things that we'd kind of kind a of, couple of conclusions um, for the purpose of miracles especially in the age of the church um, one we see several places where uh, it's it's the purpose of those miracles was used um, to authenticate the message of the gospel. Um, other places to bear witness that the kingdom of God had 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 come. Um, others just simply to help those in need. All of the miracles that we find in Scripture. If we were going to ask why did God do that, ultimately we see that God was doing those particular things to bring glory to Himself. Um, so today we're kind of digging into another question. So if God is if God is in control, um, if God's set forward a plan and He's completing that plan, then what place has prayer in that? Um, if 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 God knows what's coming for me tomorrow, um, what ha, does my prayer have an effect on that? Like can can is prayer effective at all? Um, or is just what's going to happen going to happen, right? Or do those things line up in some way? Um, so we're going to look at a couple of places in Scripture today. Matthew chapter 6, um, we're going to kind of start uh, here. So if you would, flip with me to the book of Matthew. Uh, we're going to kind of start with the Lord's Prayer today. So Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Um, we're going to start looking at verse 5, and then we'll probably go through verse 13 here. Um, so I'll give everybody a second to get there, and then we will we'll begin reading. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, so I'm going to read through the whole thing, and then we're going to come back and uh, and, and, and look at a couple of details along the way. So, uh, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret... And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy be your name, or may your name be... Uh, may your name be... Um, held in, in reverence, right? So there's there's various ways that you could that you could render that text. Uh, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then some manuscripts will, will add, for thine is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Um, amen. Yes. Um, so let's flip back to the beginning of that text. And I want us to kind of dig through this. And, and, and so as we're looking at this, this is one of the places that I really want to dive into as we consider prayer. Um, I think, hey, if Christ is going to pray, we should, we should probably, um, like our prayer life should reflect that of the one who we follow, right? So like if I'm thinking to myself, like, like I'm thinking a couple of things. Is prayer effective, or what? What effect would prayer have, or or can we hope that prayer can can change? And then I see Christ praying, right? Then I think it, it answers several questions for me. Like, is it if if God's in control of everything? Like, what is is it important that we pray? Should we pray? Right? Even if we trust completely that He's in control of the situation, is, is it important that we pray? Right? Like, what significance is, does, does prayer play in the life of a believer? Even if we trust Him fully and completely, right? The world around us is in complete turmoil, yet we trust without a doubt that He is in control of the situation. Need we pray? Right? We should, right? And this is what. So, like, as I look at as I look at Christ, as I see what as I, as I see the pattern that He lays forward here for us, I want that to help me to shape the way that I come when I come to God in prayer, right? So, I, w- I would like all of us as we kind of approach this that, that this be one of those things that we should model our prayer life after the model that Christ sets for us in scripture now that doesn't mean that every time you pray like you know like i remember back when when i was in high school we would like before every football game like we would all get together we would huddle up and then we'd just recite the lord's prayer right like this is not like when christ put forward this this model for prayer what he didn't mean is that every time you pray just say these exact words right like he's he's setting for us in this things that we should kind of extract out that we should as we examine our prayer life find in our prayer life right so he sets forward a couple of warnings before he gets into the way to pray so I want us to look at those first he says when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites so we don't want to be like the hypocrites so let's look at how they at how they approach prayer and then let's let's look for some guardrails for some things that we should not be doing when we pray or 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 we should be looking for things that our heart should not be pointing in this direction as we uh, as we pray so so he he goes on to say for they love to stand and pray in synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others so when we read that so so he's like don't be like the hypocrites is what he's saying here don't pray publicly so like when we kicked class off, I opened us up in prayer, right? Am I being like a hypocrite when I open us up in prayer? So, so what's he trying to say here? Because you could, if you were looking at this and you were to misunderstand this, um, you could say, well, don't like when you pray, you should never pray publicly or openly, like, or that you should at least be on guard if you are doing that. Should we be? Should I be guarded whenever I pray publicly in front of you? Should I? It seems that he's saying that that we 
posture of prayer that is the is the same in secret as it is in public that it's not very different. I like that. I like I like that. Like so like. Whenever I'm praying privately, if I pray in front of you publicly, there shouldn't be much that changes, right? There sh- now, now I want to, I want to, I want to grant you that that as I pray, as I lift up concerns to God, like I may be more, I may be in some areas like more open to Him whenever I'm praying. Like maybe I fall and I and I and I fail Him in some way, and I'm repenting of that prayer. Like I don't want to come before you and 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 like 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 let y'all listen to my how good I repent, right? Like I want to, because that could get me dangerously along the path of being like the hypocrite. Like, hey, watch the way that I repent, and y'all model y'all's repentance after my repentance, and now I've blown the whole thing out of the water, right? But by and large, when I pray, I should be praying in private in the same way that I'm praying publicly, so that you, so that, so that when we pray together, like it's, I think it's good for us to hear one another pray. Right, and I think that it's good for us to pray together. Like we're going to be ending with the passage of text where together they pray. Right, so I think it's very important for that kind of community aspect of prayer. Now that doesn't mean like you know, like oftentimes whenever like the deacons will get together or the ordained men will get together and they'll come together and they'll pray over something. Like usually, like the way that we've tended to do it is like the the, the men will kind of circle up, they'll hold hands, and then they'll pray. And then most of the time, most of the people are praying out loud. I almost never. Do unless I'm asked to pray, right? Now that's not to say that I think that it's wrong to do that, but but when but it's not a necessity that when we come together in prayer that everyone's voices are like intermingled together. Like you could come together as a community in prayer and all be praying silently, right? Like that's just as effective as everyone praying out loud. Right, so like it's just we will we'll tend to do things in the in the company that we're in or something like that. Like there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not to say so. The, one of the things is I consider this this particular warning against ways to pray. Right. So when when he says for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. So it's very often that if I were to ask any one of you to pray, that you would be uncomfortable. Right? Like if I were to be, now I'm gonna pick on Dustin, I know he's not. If I'm like, Dustin, would you pray for us and end the class out? If Dustin had never done that before, Dustin's gonna feel completely uncomfortable. Right? Because it's like, okay. The first time I ever got asked to pray in church, I died. Same, same. It was the same, it was the same here. It was, you know what I did? Is that just repeated what I'd heard somebody else? Yes. <laughs> right. I was just like, okay, I remember this guy, and he said Lord a lot. So I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> you know, like, like, Lord, thank you. Lord, you're awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all that came out God help me. <laughs> <laughs> right. But what happens though? But what happens though is is that there's a there's a great danger in doing that publicly very often, 
right? There's a danger of... Because what, what happens is that Dustin Day, one first time that he was ever asked to pray, was uncomfortable. There's a re, there's two, probably two reasons. Probably one, it's not easy to do it in front of people, right? Like there's like a... You have to kind of grow in comfort that it's like, okay, I'm going to be speaking publicly, right? God would praying to God that Brother Fred would not call him. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because there's this, there's the, there's the nervousness of of never having done it, and 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 then there's like just that public speaking anxiety in general, <laughs> right? But then there's also potential. There's also potential like. Like you, one of the reasons that you would be nervous is that you understand the significance of what you've been asked to do, and there's an amount of weight that rests on that, right? So, like, the more often someone like like me, like I'm standing here and I'm talking to you, there's a there's a sense in which I can grow comfortable in the work of being here speaking, right? But there should always be the weight of what it is that we're doing, right? So, like, you can grow comfortable. You can grow immensely comfortable in per, in, in, in <clears throat> public speaking while remaining completely frightened of, of saying something false about God, right? So, like, as I stand before you, as I as I pray, as 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 I'm kind of in 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 this in this class in particular, like in a in a responsibility or a role in which I have I have the responsibility, the great honor of teaching God's word, bringing it before you, and then opening and closing that that class in in prayer. Like there's a responsibility there that I don't want to grow comfortable in. I want that to always be a weighty thing. But what we find here is is what happens when it doesn't when when we do. When we lose the reverence for that thing that we're doing, prayer specifically here, and it becomes, we, we grow immensely comfortable and we lose the weightiness of the thing and we do it simply to be seen, right? Because there's, the reality is, is if, who, who's, prayed, who's prayed publicly before? <laughs> who's, <laughs> who's been called on in a, in a setting where there's people that you don't know or maybe a larger group and you've been asked to pray, right? So not everyone, right? So here's what I'll... And, and how, how many of you who did that were uncomfortable in that moment? Like, <laughs> Okay, so, so here's... here's and and that's, that's, not a, that's not a bad thing that you're uncomfortable. But here's what can happen though, right? Is that you see... How many of you have seen people pray publicly that you're like, I want to do it like that, they do it right? Right? How many of you have seen that? Yeah. Right? There's a lady that I've heard pray uh, that um, does a lot of work with the Mission of Hope, and she just prays like scripture. Yeah. And it's just beautiful, and she's just like just recalling God's promises and praying them over situations and people, and it's just so like you leave there and you feel like you've had Bible study. Yeah. One prayer, you know. Yeah. So, so here's what happens: is that it's easy if you're if you're one that finds it uncomfortable, it's easy to look at someone that it, that seems to be doing it well, and then put more on them as far as like more respect than maybe than maybe ought go there, right? So it's it, so what what ha- what can happen in our minds is that we say, well, they do it right and I do it wrong, right? 
Or they, or they're like we, we maybe put too much esteem or too much admiration. And what happens is that it's easy when you're the person on the other end of that for that to become the reason that you do it. Like, I want Dustin to call on me every single time that he does the thing. Like, yes, Dustin, I'll pray and I'm going to use the biggest words and I'm going to be the most eloquent. And when we get done with this thing, everybody's going to feel so moved because I prayed. And then now I found myself in the place of the hypocrite. Right? So like this is the warning that Christ is putting forward here. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Right? So when we pray, our heart's first desire should be to magnify and glorify God. If we're praying for others and the needs of others, to lift that need up, to God, that God might be glorified in the working through those through those prayers that are lifted up, we should, the farthest thing from our minds should be, look at me. Right? The farthest things from our mind should be, look at me. Right? It should, and, and when I say that, like, the only thing that keeps you from going, because if you do a thing long enough, like, you get good at that thing. Right? The more that you do a thing, the better you become at it, right? So if you if you pray to if you seek to pray in public simply to be good at it so that you might be seen, there's danger there. Avoid that at all costs. Truly I say, he says here, the latter part of verse five, truly I say to you that they have received their reward. What reward did they receive? When you look when you look at that person, you say, Look how well they prayed. Hand clap, slow golf clap for you, you prayed well. You got your reward, right? Like we should not be seeking the praises of people um, when we are when we are coming to God in prayer. There's a great danger there. So he, so he says, uh, verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. Right? And again, this does not mean that there's no public prayer. This is, this, is, this is really showing us the place that the heart should be when we come before God in prayer. Right? So like, if I'm going into my room, shutting the door and praying to God in secret, who's getting glory for my prayer? It's not me. Right? It's not me. It's not you seeing how eloquent I might could be to lift up words to God, right? So like when I come before God, my concerns need not be on being seen by those around me, but by being heard by God. My heart should be speaking to God. So when I pray publicly, when you pray publicly, your, the, the position of your heart should be, first and foremost, speaking to God. Just like I'm speaking to you here. Right? Just like I'm speaking to you here. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Right? So what is he trying to tell us in this? Like, What's the warning that he's trying to lay aside for us when he says, when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases? Right? Like I would say that this is, a, this, this is probably a warning against... Like I'm gonna air quote over over eloquence, right? 
like that like high and lofty prayer right like this is what like if you speak like that right because there's some folks that's like it's like they took their GRE like way back in the day and part of that part of that test was learning 500 words that they had never used in a normal conversation but that's just who they are y'all know the people like that right like we've all ran into some of this like what does that even mean that you just said right there like I'm like, let me get my let me get my dictionary out Google could you help me here hey Siri what does this mean right like we've all run into that like if that's you, right, pray like that. Be you, right? Like, like, but don't just seek to go over and, and beyond, right? Don't, again, don't seek that I'm going to try to impress, right? And also, here's something else very important. Don't think that God doesn't know already. Right? Because a lot of times, like, what happens is that we think that we will pester him into knowing that particular thing, right? Like, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this, you don't know this. What I'm not saying is don't pray frequently. You should, you should most definitely pray frequently. But don't think that God's going to answer your prayer just because you got one more in, right? Like there's a there's a there's a danger in just heaping up words that are empty, right? So like if your if your heart leads you to speak to God and to say things, say it. But don't just waste your words with him, right? Like don't waste your words. He knows already, right? That's what he goes on here in verse eight. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Alright, so like as I read this, so so don't heap up empty words, verse 7, like the Gentiles do. Don't think that you're simply going to be heard for being annoying, right? Um, verse 8, don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So as I run into this, right, so I'm, I'm reading this, and, and this is one of those questions, like if God knows what I need, why then pray? Right? That is it, like, could I not come to that conclusion? This is Jesus saying this. Don't be like them. Your father knows what you need before you ask him, right? Does does the conclusion then mean don't ask him? No, no, not at all. What the what the conclusion means is is that don't show you don't show a lack of faith in who he is by thinking that you just simply heaping up more and more and more words will somehow change the situation, right? Like, know that he knows your need. Ask him, like if, like if, like if you have, if you have a disease or if you have an illness or you, 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 you have some, your body's breaking down. Please pray that God would move, but don't pray as though you think He doesn't know what you have, right? He knows. So when you pray, like when we seek Him, His yeses and His noes shape us, right? So when I come before Him, and no matter what it is that I'm facing for the day, whether it's like I'm, I'm fearful that I'm going to lose my job, or I'm fearful that my wife's going to lose her job, or I'm fear, fearful that my parents are going to die from cancer or something like that, or child, children are going to get hit by something, or whatever your fear might be that, that you're bringing before God, don't think that He doesn't know already, right? He knows. Your prayer is shaping you, right? Your prayer is shaping you. When I come before Him and ask Him, and He says no, then I rest in Him, right? That's all we have. 
It's like, Lord, Your will be done. You're wise. Please, please save this person or please change this situation. Please. But I know if you don't, right, in that heart, I know if you don't, you're more wise than I. Right? I know no matter the situation that you knew what was coming, I trust that you are in control of things. I'll come before you like... like if I want my children to always be honest with me. I want my children to always feel like they can come to me, even if I tell them no, right? Even if they're like, I'd like to have a phone, and I'm two years old, and I'm like, no. <laughs> right? I'm like, no. They could go away. They could go away like, Dad doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, Caroline straight up would do this, right? <laughs> they should go, go away just all sassy. But in time, right, like, what is, what is that communication? If she just stops communicating, right, like, will she find the reason out why I would say no? If she stops communicating, will, will I get shape her to understand the reasons why? No. But if she keeps that, that channel of communication... Going. What does it do for her? It shapes her, right? It shapes her. And as she grows, as she matures, she finds out the whys along the way, right? She gains understanding. I can't tell you today you're two years old. You don't understand what pornography is. And it's not the right time to bring that to you, right? Like you'll, you'll, you'll get how we as parents already do these kind of things even in the ways that we answer back to our children, right? Same goes for you. You think you're grown? You don't know the half of it, right? You still trip and stumble in the, in the, the, the simplest of sins, right? And yet you think you're, you think you're an adult, right? You think you're doing that thing right. Could it be that God's more wise? Could it be that God knows tomorrow before we step into tomorrow? Could it be that God knows the best way to get us there from here? Right? And that in our communicating with Him, that He's teaching us, that He's shaping us in that. So when we pray, let's pray like this. Verse 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Or holy be your name so we've got needs and i would i would go so far as to say is that is that probably by and large let's 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 do raising of hands how many of us would say at least 50 percent of our prayer is asking for needs stuff right situations 50 percent how many would say 75 percent and when you think about the the time that you the time that you spend speaking to God, seventy five percent is 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 like needs oriented prayer, like God take care of this situation. And I'm not talking about selfish needs, right? But probably seventy five percent hands raised, so I can know. So would it eighty five percent, ninety five percent? Like when we when we start our prayer, like when we start our prayers. Yeah, right, right. So so. So significant portions of our time are spent like like thinking about situations and needs, right? Yes, and does God does God know that does God know this right? And 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 this is part of that. I want us to to consider how we might shift our minds away from the heaping up of empty words to knowing that He 
knows the situation, praying effectively in those situations, but but communicating with God, right? Like how 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 often or how how much would it bug Adrian to death if every time that we talked, all that I ever spoke about was other things, right? That every every conversation that we ever had rotated around things that were not her and I. How how well do you think that our that our relationship would grow if we never talked about us, right? Like if the communication was never like me and her, but was always situational, right? Like you'd know what was going on, but you wouldn't know me, right? Right? Maybe that's why he's focusing in on um, correcting our posture at the beginning to more of a relational prayer, like he says. You know, it's a secret thing. It's intimate. And then he says, you know, you can rest in prayer. Yeah. You don't have to, like, strive to figure out the right words. You can rest that he knows what you need so it's not new to him. And you're not yeah. having to make it clear about what's going on. Like, you can just come to him and say, you know, Lord, that situation that happened today. I yeah. Like, I, I bombed on that. I didn't, you know. So, or... I need you to redeem the situation yeah. for me. Whatever happens, like we all know that God knows, and that brings us to a different feeling. Yeah, prayer like just immediately our Father. In yeah. So, so what? What does he start off with? So ninety. I would go so far. Like I didn't push on to the nineties, but if I had to guess, I would imagine that ninety plus percentage of our prayer is not like, like the intent of it to heap praises on God, but to ask God like we rubbed the lamp and the genie came out, right? Like that's probably a large portion of our prayer is like we would do we would do better with wishes, right? Like grant my wishes versus like like what does he start off with here? Our Father in heaven, holy be your name. Like what is what is the way that Christ starts off praying? He begins by heaping praises on God, right? So like when you pray, when you pray, I want us to consider this. Like like when you come before God, do you ever heap praises on Him for who He is, right? And and this is not to say you shouldn't be praying for that situation that burdens you. You should. Just don't start there, right? We should... like. I know who you are, Lord. I know you are in control of the situation. I know that you are powerful. I know that you are mighty. I know that you are good, right? Like we, I know you because I spend time with you because I'm in your word. I believe your word to be true and it speaks truth of you. You are all that you've said that you are. Right? Like, let's, let's start our prayer with shaping our hearts for admiration for the God who's brought us here. Right? So that's how Christ starts. Then, 10, uh, verse 10 here, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Christ begins, begins His prayer with heaping praises upon God. And then verse 10, what does He start with? What's he doing here when he says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Like what does Christ desire in that in that prayer, in that phrase, those phrases that he puts together there? What's the purpose of that? Exactly. So when when he's praying, he's heaping praises upon God. He's desiring 
seeking to desire the things that God desires, right? Primarily seen how? Like, what is what does this phrase mean? Your kingdom come. Like, if I were to say that, if I were to, if if I were to, like, like, let's say that we've got kings. We're li- we don't live. We don't have kings here, but let's imagine that we do, and let's imagine that these are that these are kings or kingdoms that that have effective power. Like they could actually move, they could have war, they could do whatever. And I were to say to that king, "Your kingdom come." What would I be saying to them? Like have your way in. Yeah, reign here, right. right? Like take control, right? So your kingdom come where? Or your kingdom come? Your will be done. So, kingdom coming, will being done. So, what is he wanting to do here? So, like, he wants the kingdom of God to come in. He wants the will of God to be done where and how? On earth. earth, As it is in heaven. So, what is he asking to take place here? Like, what, what does this represent? Is this a, is this a gospel hope, right? So, like, when we pray, we praise God. We desire God's glory. God's glory coming via the kingdom coming. Via what? Via the gospel. We preach the gospel. The gospel moves forth in the world. The Holy Spirit changing lives. As lives are changed, what happens? Right? Like, if God changes you, does He, does he make a change in the place that you work? Does He make a change in the places that you go? By changing you, right? Does He change? And I'm not saying complete change, but some change, right? If He changes you, He changes the places that you go. He changes the places that you are. By bringing the kingdom to you, He's bringing the kingdom into the world, right? So we should seek that same thing. No... God's glory here as it is in heaven, His will, His kingdom here as it is in heaven. These are high, these are high hopes, right? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. So what is he asking for in 11? So he's, he's heaping up praise to God. He's aligning his will with the will of the Father. Like his mind, his thoughts are on the thoughts of things of heaven here. And now in verse 11, what does he do? Give us his day our, our daily bread. What is that? Give us what we need that day. Give us what we need that day. Oh man, this is good. Like, like consider, consider this. Not, not give us that sweet 401k so that we don't have to worry about finances for forever, right? Like, this, like, like give us this day our daily bread, right? There's, a, there's an amount of trust in that because if he gives me enough for today and I can't, like, store that up and have it, like, I can look back to this thing. I've got that tomorrow, right? Like, that's what we want. We want, like, security. We tend to place the security that we want in things that really don't last, but we want it to be our bank account, the money that we have, the security that we have, that if something happened tomorrow, I can, I'm going to survive because I got this thing that I'm holding on to. And what, what he's wanting to shape and shift our minds to is a complete, constant trust and reliance in him for survival. 
right? We, we tend to think if we can acquire enough things that we don't depend as much on Him for survival tomorrow. But time and time again, life shows us something different. And the plans that we make are made in complete and utter ruin. And then what happens? Like we reset. Like we'll default back. Like, like okay, Lord, forgive me because I was putting my hope in riches or forgive me because I was putting my hope in a job or I was putting my hope in a situation and and now I see clearly that that's not the case and I see clearly that I survive each and every day only by your providing, right? So like life resets us so often times but we should be when we lift our hearts in prayer to him reminding ourselves that we have today, right? And we have today, if He provides today, give us this day our daily bread. Like, provide today those things that we need, right? Forgive us our debts, right? So this is repentance to Him as we also forgive our debtors. So this is this is kind of a, a sinking up that, that He's forgiven us and so so therefore we should forgive others. So as we pray, like how many times when we pray do we pray that God helps us in that? Like that, how many times when we... How, is it even a percentage of the time that we pray that we pray that our hearts are changed towards those who've done us wrong? Right? Like, so often times, like, how quick will we run, Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, forgive me for this. But then when it's time for us to forgive others, we're like, hold on a second. You Like, they did this, though, right? Like, they did this thing, and that's unforgivable, right? In our prayer... We're, 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 the, way that we, the way that we pray shapes the way that we think here. So, we've been forgiven... We should be forgiving, right? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So not only are we repenting, not only are we um, forgiving those who have done wrong to us, but we're seeking not to fall into temptation. And we're asking God to deliver us from evil. Um, I heard the bell ring. We got, what, five minutes? We'll try not to run all the way over. Um, I'm going to read to you, because we're not going to get into all of these. I'm going to read to you, or I'm going to give you um, several uh, passages in Scripture um, that show the effectiveness of prayer. Um, And so, James chapter 4, verse 2, read there. Luke chapter 11, 9 and 10. uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9. So prayer is effective. Um, prayer is effective in and because of Christ and Christ alone. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 25. Um, prayer is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Ephesians... Thank you. Ephesians chapter six verse eighteen, um, and then we're going to end with we're going to end with this one um, that prayer is encouraged in community. Um, Acts chapter four. If you'll flip with me there, we'll we'll kind of wrap up. We'll wrap up today's study there. So Acts chapter four. 
is after persecution has come upon the believers. And they're praying here for boldness. Chapter 4, we're going to start in uh, verse 23 actually. So when they, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported that the chief priests and the elders uh, said uh, what the chief priests and the elders uh, had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, again, heaping up. Like, like we, don't cons- we don't consider oftentimes the, the, the way that we address God um, to be heaping up praises on Him. But if persecution is coming your way and the first thing that comes to your mind when you consider God is that God is a sovereign Lord, that is praise to him because you know that if he's sovereign he's sovereign over the situation so uh, don't let that don't let that pass you by the way that they address him here sovereign lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them right so again just continuing this like he's the creator right verse 25 whom through the mouth of our father david your servant said by the holy spirit so again like you've prophesied things um here in in the the quote that they quote here uh why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in this city there were... Ga- oh, so before we get into verse 27 there, note how when they pray and they come together in prayer, they're using Scripture as their, like the thing that undergirds their prayer here. Right? So like if you want to avoid being the hypocrite... Pray scripture, right? If you want to avoid the one who's heaping up empty words, pray scripture, right? Throughout scripture, we see scripture prayed, right? I think that's one of the most effective ways to pray, in fact, is to, is to pray scripture itself. So they, they do that here. Uh, verse 27, For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Like, listen to this. People who are undergoing persecution, who are relying on the, the sovereignty of their Lord and the control that He has, even in the of the sinful actions of the people that are listed there in verses 27, right? Even in their actions, like to do whatever your hand and your plan predestined to take place. Verse 29, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. So persecution coming, they start heaping up praises to God. They start... um, just speaking scripture back in their prayers here like you can see the confidence that they have in their savior and then now they get to the uh the request right now they get to the request and look at how they make their request and now lord look upon their threats so like we can pray and know that we're praying effectively because we can see what God has done through His Scripture and we rest that He continues to work in the same way today. That's what they're essentially doing here. Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant Your servants to continue to speak Your Word with all boldness while You stretch out Your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of Your holy servant Jesus. So I want us to get real quick too that they're not just simply asking for the situation to get better. Right? They're asking for God to move in the situation. Right? Your kingdom come. How does His kingdom come? 
when his people are willing to say things like this, continue like like grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, right? Not change the situation. While you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So when we pray, do we pray effectively? Can we trust that God continues to move in prayer? Yes, yes, and yes. If we're going to model the way that we pray, let us model the way that we pray by what we find in Scripture. And let us not be like the hypocrites. Let us not be like the Gentiles. Let us not just seek our glory in the way that we pray. And let us not think that we're telling God something that He doesn't know by just simply wasting our words. Um, Can I add something? Yes. Um, I think people need to realize that just because the situation is bad, you don't necessarily need to pray for it to be fixed. Because there's all kinds of things that can happen because of bad situations. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like with me, with this right here, like I got my grandmother here, and my grandpa's been here like two or three times. If my situation had remained where I was cancer free instead of having to go back through this, they might not have been here. Yeah. So just because it's bad doesn't mean it needs to be fixed right away. Yeah. Because good things can still happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we can, like, you can say that only because you trust Him. Right. Right? Like, you can rest and, like, I, like do we get that? that so, like, you encourage me, right? Like, when I, like, and I've said it, I've told Dustin many times before, many times before this that like to see you a young man going through what you're going through and the burden that 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 must be to see you strengthened by God in that encourages me and it's not just me amen amen so like to God be the glory because He is not out of control. He's absolutely in control. Absolutely in control. And you are an example to that. Your, your courage, your strength. Like, like I know that you're not going to say that it's your own, right? It, it makes you nervous to speak in front of people. Yet God moves. God emboldens us. May He continue to do that, church. May He continue to do that, right? Thank you. Thank you very much for that. I'm going to close this out in prayer. Um, and then we'll get in. You do. You do, Stephen. Absolutely. Very much.